0: Hey everyone, what's up? My friend Andrew is here with me, and we're going to be talking about Treasure Planet. So, starting out, Treasure Planet definitely isn't a super popular movie in a lot of people's eyes, especially when it came out in the box office. It kind of failed uh, pretty badly, and they spent a lot of money on it and weren't able to make really that much money back. So, a lot of people just kind of disregard it and think that it's a horrible movie, but it's actually a favorite of mine. We're going to be starting with the animation and kind of the development of how this film was going to look. we we'll are just be jumping right into this. One of the things that I thought was really cool, especially very fitting for this movie, was the mixture of 2D animation with 3D animation. And the first time that Disney did this was in Walt Disney's Tarzan. For those scenes where Tarzan's kind of surfing on vines or tree trunks or tree branches, that's what they're called... <laughs> They made a system called Deep Canvas, and it was able to kind of layer that 3D form and 2D animation over that, so it's really cool. But with Treasure Planet, they went a little bit deeper into that and made 3D sets. They could set up the camera wherever they want. Something that's really cool about this 3D sets is that they could put the camera wherever they want and they'd have to go through drawing backgrounds again and again and again. They could figure out how they want this scene to feel, how they want the camera to move. It was almost like recording a live action movie, which is really cool.
1: So how much experience to have in animation
0: i've done some 3d animation in maya i've done like a spaceship animation flying through like a canyon so very stationary but moving on a path so like motion paths okay and then also in maya i did an idling animation just using like a legend of zelda breath of the wild model and you're just kind of breathing Mm -hmm. so that was pretty cool and then i've done a lot of stuff in traditional like 2d and like adobe animate as well
1: Okay, okay. Because this might be a dumb question, but with animation, I'm guessing not with newer animation, but like with a lot of the older animations, especially like with Disney, every frame would have to be drawn. So, like with this movie, is that something that they still struggled with? Like did they have to... Or, because... Like you said, they would build these sets, but were there some scenes where it didn't involve that, so where they actually have to draw each frame?
0: Yeah, I think there was a lot of scenes in the movie, and you can kind of see where it switches from 3D to 2D, especially when, sorry, spoiler alert, (laughs) (laughs) when the planet, when the treasure planet starts kind of exploding, there's scenes where the gold is kind of falling through the crevices, and basically all of that is 3D to my knowledge, because that'd be way too hard to animate by hand. But yeah, there was still some of that having to do frame by frame, especially with the character animation. For for instance, there was like Jim. He's just totally 2D animation. But then people like John Silver, he's 2D with a little bit of that 3D twist because he has that CGI arm, which as a kid, I thought that was the coolest (laughs) thing ever. I think it still is the coolest thing ever, especially since he's like a chef and a cyborg. It's, it's, it's just,
1: right. it's great. I guess the point what I was getting to is, so in animation, I'm guessing you create layers. And so do you have like the background? So if, if you had a scene that just is basically focused on one background, do you basically just have that background as a set layer? And then animate the characters, like, with their conversation. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, yeah, that's how it works. One, like, really good example of this is Star Wars, because they show you how it's done before computers. Because they had things where they would be cutting out ships or making it look like they're in hyperspace when literally they're just, like not. And the ship is like this little tiny model. They did these amazing things just by cutting literally out of the film. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do with animation in a sense. But what they would do, I don't know exactly about Treasure Planet and what process they did with that. But what they did with a lot of Disney movies is they would use cell shading and they used kind of like these clear cell sheets and they could draw or like paint in like the colors of different layers and then layer those on top of each other Okay, and create this scene. Walt Disney actually created a camera of sorts. I can't think of the name right now. It's like a monoplane camera or something like that. And it was able to make it so, for instance, if you're walking towards the moon, the moon doesn't get any bigger. Like it stays the same size, you know, but the things that you're walking towards get bigger because the moon's so far away, so it stays the same size. So he was able to create this plane camera, like with different planes and make it so when you zoom in, it zooms into everything except for the moon, it makes it look a lot more realistic. Disney made a lot of different technologies in order to do animation. I've never done anything that intense. (laughs) All the stuff I've done has been through software and like little flipbooks.
1: Yeah. So would they use that for? Okay, this is a dumb question, but I'm guessing they would use that for for like for like the animated movies or would they use it more for like live action? Like like with Mary Poppins, how it's realistic but also art. Uh-huh. So so they would use that camera for that style and not Yeah, just...
0: you can like you can use that process for live action and like for Mary Poppins, it was very interesting how they did it cuz they accomplished some pretty cool things because they have transparent-ish clothes. You can see through that with like a green screen. It's very hard to explain, (laughs) but with the technology, it's just amazing what they're able to accomplish with that. But it's a lot of layering, kind of like if you think of Photoshop, but just for video. Okay. Adobe After Effects is like a great place. It's like Photoshop for video. And you Mm -hmm. can use Photoshop for video, but yeah, that's basically what a lot of... It's called compositing when you're compositing a shot and you're making this composition.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: It's a very, like, in-depth process, and I'm not... I've never done, like, any of it, really, but it's, right. really, it's a really cool process. One of the other things that they did in this movie was kind of trying to figure out the look of everything, which the look of the movie is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. They used what they called the 70-30 rule, and they also used that for the music, but we'll be getting to that a little bit later. So they wanted the look of everything to be 30% sci-fi and 70% traditional, or basically what those things should usually look like. For instance, like, the ship. It's like... A ship with a mast, a very traditional, can't think of the word, like classical ship. Mm -hmm. But they put in things like the artificial gravity, laser cannons. So you look at it and you're like, yeah, this is something different. It's something interesting because you're taking two different ideas and kind of meshing them together because they could have gone in a totally different direction, like the Star Wars direction, for instance, Mm -hmm. where all ships are basically like metal. Space is very cold. A lot of that is taken out of the equation, and it makes it very amazing mm-hmm. and, and uh, fantastical,
1: sorry. I guess. And what I was gonna say is, I think what also helps with the idea of space not being as cold is the artistic style. Because when you when you watch it, um, there's a lot of vibrant colors and like blue sky, and even the like the animals and creatures that they involve. Like you can see like these space whales just flying through, and you're like that's pretty cool. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the space whales are super cool.
1: and I think it's really interesting that they went that direction because, like you said, they were mixing two of these ideas together and one being sci-fi, but one being realistic. Yeah, no,
0: like, I think something that they did really cool is they showed kind of scientific phenomenons and stuff because they went into, like, that comet or meteorite or whatever when they were in that like really icy so there's a moment in the movie where jim and the captain john silver go on the little ship and they go on their own little adventure mm-hmm. together just off on their own and they ride behind like the tail of this comet and you, they're in this ice shower and i and it plays like the super cool i think it's when it's playing i'm still here and it's just this really cool like montage of his life now in his life before I think I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> no, that's good. That's really good. Okay. Something else that people don't realize is how much work these animators did. Because like you were saying, drawing frame by frame, but also making these characters imbued with emotion. And also that the characters possessed some kind of personality. You could really tell by the way that they talked, the way that they looked the way that they acted, the kind of person that they are. For instance, with John Silver, something that's really interesting is they focused actually less on the idea of John Silver from Treasure Planet and more on the way how the voice actor they chose talked because he kind of talked out of the side of his mouth. And they just really loved just like how this person was. So they actually focused it more on this cast member, which I think is a really cool thing that they did Mm -hmm. there. But one of the animators on this was actually Glenn Keane, or he was a supervisor over the animators for John Silver. And I think that's really cool because he worked on like Tarzan. Something else that people don't really know a lot about in animation, especially with traditional animation, is that they would make what they called character maquettes. And I hope that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) But basically what they are is the little action figures or these little models that sculpt character sculptors would sculpt. And you could see the proportions of the character, how tall they are, how lean they are, maybe their face a little bit. And you could look at that and animators could look at that and draw the character from that and make sure that they're focusing on making him look the same and staying on model. Because if he didn't stay on model, I've animated before and when something doesn't stay on model, it's like, oh wow, his hand's a lot bigger at the end of this than it was at the beginning, and it just doesn't look very professional. So that's one thing that they used
1: to help with that. And coming from a, a film perspective there's so there's tons of people tons of animators each animating potentially the same scene and so if you have someone mess up it's going to look super wonky it's just going to take the the viewer out of the experience and especially with when you're dealing with like humans people recognize the deformalities i'm not sure that's correct word when something's wrong the brain realizes it and that's when we start reaching into like the uncanny valley which You probably don't come across when it comes to animating, like, especially at this style. But yeah, when people recognize and they might not be able to necessarily point it out, but like the brain realizes it, just disconnects the viewer from what's going on. Yeah.
0: And I think that's something that you brought up that was really cool is that experience. And I think this movie really, if you give it a chance, it is an experience. You really get involved in this world, involved in these characters and their lives they made it so much more than what the book was. Or I'm not saying the book is bad. The book is amazing. And I've read, I haven't read the whole book. I'm sorry. Um, but the parts that I've read, they're amazing. And I've always loved the story of Treasure Island. And they brought it into this whole new world and this whole new realm and this whole new experience. And I think it's really cool. So those are some good points. Thanks, guys, for joining us again today. And we'll see you guys later. Bye.